Like Call It What You Want, which we know is your favorite podcast about the beautiful game, Viore is committed to delivering a great experience for everyone, which is highlighted by their new perspective on performance apparel. Everything is designed to work out in, but doesn't look or feel like it. In fact, I'm rocking their Stratotech polo right now, along with their Sunday performance jogger pants, so I can be business on top when I'm on camera, but super comfortable on the bottom. And it's just the best. Fiori gear is incredibly versatile, and it can be used for just about any activity. Running, training, swimming, lounging around, hosting podcasts, doing errands, whatever your heart desires, because Viore is an investment in your happiness. And for our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. So go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash call it. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash call it. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Go to viore.com slash call it and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Podcast in soccer we trust. I'm Jimmy Trashcan, cream cheese Conradinho, also known as Jim, live from Qatar, alongside Charlie Chuckwagon, Zimmerman Davies, who is live from his chateau in the mountains, and of course, handsome Hollywood Heath Pierce, who's live from his five-acre ranch overlooking the Hollywood sign. Because where else would he live? And because we're days away from our first World Cup game in over eight years, we thought it would be appropriate to circle back with some previous guests from Iran and England, respectively, to see how they're feeling with the World Cup about to start. But first. Let me get a temperature check from the guys. Heath, how are you feeling? It's getting close. Squeaky yeah, bum time. It is. It very much is. But you know what? It's funny is we live in the depths of despair when there's gaps between matches. But anytime that the national team has, has been leading up to a match, I've tended to get that feeling of like, I don't know if it's Stockholm syndrome or what, but like I start to believe that everything's going to be fine. Everything's going to be good. I, think, I start thinking about, Tyler Adams energy and flying into a challenge or tracking back one. I think about <laughs> somebody good on the dribble and my mind just starts getting filled with all these things that I know this team is capable of that we haven't seen in long stretches. But I think this uh, could be the coming out party for this national team and, and, and kicking off against a team that I think is beatable. I'm pretty excited. Yeah. And I kind of think, or I wonder if Wales thinks we're beatable as well. We're going to do a full on preview about that nation tomorrow and tomorrow's podcast. Uh, Chuck, how are you feeling though? Let's get a temperature check from you. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling, <laughs> I'm feeling optimistic, I positive, love it. confident. I think the more I think about it, this team is ready to go. There's no, there's no pressure on them. They're just hungry to go out and succeed and, and get this country excited about the sport. So I'm, I'm jumping on that bandwagon of just, we're getting out of the group. We're, we're, we're destined for a big tournament and a lot of surprises. Uh, I think, with, with the performances in, in, in terms of uh, getting us out of the group and that the, the, those magical like watch parties where everyone's just going nuts. I just had that vision. 
And I'm here for it. I, I'm all about this positivity and, and uh, hopefully that our players and the soccer gods are listening so they can carry that on to the field. All right. Before we continue on with our talk about Group B overall in the U.S. Men's National Team, we got to bring on my favorite Iranian who lives in Scotland, Arya Alaverdi from Golbezan. You got to drop him a follow at G-O-L-B-E-Z-A-N for any updates about the Iranian national team. He uh, has been doing some fantastic work. It's a, it's a great podcast, and, and I, we highly encourage everybody to, to check it out, especially leading up to the game. Maybe we can get some insights and send it over to Greg Berhalter. But we're going to bring on Arya right now to, to get some insight on what's happening with Iran, hey. how he's feeling, because we had Welcome. him on what, five or six months ago. And Arya, great to see you. And uh, I think you were, you were relatively confident that you could get a result not only against us, but potentially get out of the group. You have one of the oldest teams, if not the oldest team, at least in our group, uh, it, may, it may be the whole tournament. And I think that experience will matter. And actually, the last time we, we spoke, uh, Skocic was still your coach, and now you have an old familiar face in Carlos Kirosh. Let's start there. What do you think about the managerial change so close to a World Cup? And, and do you think that's going to improve your team's chances? Uh, first of all, thanks again for bringing me back on the podcast. I really appreciate the good pleasure. Um, yeah, you know, it was, um, uh, I think I needed change to bring Carlos Kirosh back to this national team. You know, he was our coach in the last two World Cups. And, um, you know, the, the previous coach, Skocic, he wasn't really doing the business for us in terms of performances. So, um, it was time for a change, and obviously it came a little bit late, as you mentioned, a few months to go to the World Cup. But um, we had two good friendly matches against Uruguay and uh, Senegal. We performed really well, beat Uruguay 1-0, drew 1-1 against Senegal. We recently lost a friendly game against Tunisia, but that was like a everyone had had like 45 minutes to play in that game. Mm -hmm. So ultimately, I think the team is well prepared now, um, and uh, looking uh, ready for the World Cup. Hey, Ari, I got a question for you. And great to see you again, that handsome mug and that beautiful, beautiful accent you have. <laughs> but, I, got, I, you know, obviously we, we, we've seen just turmoil uh, around the world. And Iran, as a country, is going through a lot right now. Is there an yeah. increased pressure on the players? Do you think that's a motivating factor? Is there any, you know, it just seems like a very difficult time uh, to be, to be uh, an Iranian national team player heading into a World Cup. Yeah, I mean, look, I know you guys are very excited. I saw how, how excited you guys are. For us, Iranians, it's, a, it's not as much uh, as it maybe was six months ago, for example. You know, a lot has changed now. Um, of course, if, I'm sure you guys have been updated with the news of the, the killing of Massa Amini. And then it's been, I think, over a, a month now since, since that has happened. And there's been a lot of protests around the world. There's going to be protests out in Qatar. Um People are upset with the with the players. You know they haven't fully, in my opinion, uh, shown the level of support for, let's say, the protest that we would have liked to have seen. Um, some of the players have, for sure. Not saying that for everyone. A few players that have uh, maybe are either retired or living abroad, uh, and I, I completely understand that you know yes, there's that the, the, maybe they fear for their their security for their families. I understand that, but ultimately they are playing for this national team for the for the country. So there is an expectation that they, with with being celebrities. I mean, Iranian footballers are are massive celebrities in the country. They have a level of responsibility to address wider issues, which we feel like 
they haven't done as much as maybe they should have done. So uh, I'm interested to see how they do in the World Cup with this and how what kind of support they show. With, with regards to the pressure, you know, as I said, they performed really well in their in their friendly matches that I was at in Vienna. They, they looked really good against Uruguay. So I don't know how much it's going to play into the footballing aspect. Carlos Queiroz is a guy who um, will prepare his team uh, to 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 do really well and defend and and be very compact and not concede goals. So I, I think from the footballing aspect, I don't see it to be too much of a pressure. But I think for sure the players are under pressure outside of the pitch um, mm-hmm. to show support. Well, there's clearly a distraction and yeah. and maybe inner turmoil in terms of the squad because some guys want to be more uh, I think vocal with with supporting uh iranians in general versus i'm gonna be quiet i i don't want to take that risk i don't want to put my family in jeopardy given that how has your optimism changed because i know watching them play against uruguay and i think you yourself probably felt we have a really good chance to get Mm -hmm. out of this group if we play well what's going to be the deciding factor heading into this first game would do are you putting all your hopes on one player or is it a few players or, or, you know, how, how are you feeling? You know, how's your mood changed considering that the, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of factors that are bigger than the game, right. And, and Mm -hmm. sports can play a big role in, in activism. And we've seen that in in America throughout, throughout um, time. So how could this Iranian team potentially turn things around and, and start, you know, performing well so that the country can rally around this group. And Aria, real quick on that, was there any was there any uh, p- big snubs as well? Just for the wider U.S. audience, was there any snubs or any players that were surprise omissions uh, in the squad? Uh, no, I wouldn't say there was any kind of big omissions. There were some players who were injured. Uh, Syed Manesh, who plays for Hull City, uh, got an injury a couple months ago, and he's still recovering. Um, I wouldn't say there were any big big snubs no I, would, I wouldn't say so i mean there were a couple of players like zahedi who plays in uh, hungaria hung, uh, hungarian football um he's you know a good player i don't think he would have played for the national team other than that no not really uh, maybe a couple of young players but not nothing uh, major um to answer your question though um charlie i think ultimately this first game against england is going to be uh, a massive game for the, for us because you know it's the first game it comes it's the strongest team in the group if we can perform well then we go into that next game against um wales with you know a point or for example you know if we get a draw but i think ultimately england are going to be favorites so i think this team from a footballing aspect has to show a level of organization a level of um, how do I say it? They, they need to be almost very uh, stubborn with the way they play. You need to defend with a lot of, um, you know, forgetting about the attacking part of the game to some extent and just being a fully a d- defensive unit for 90 minutes. And I think they will try to do that. Carlos Queiroz is that kind of coach where he will give away the attacking emphasis to, to make sure he doesn't concede goals. Um, in terms of how they can get the, the fans back on their side, you know, it's one of those things where it's kind of like a lose-lose situation, isn't it? I am the, the way the way it's going just now. Whether they show some kind of support or solidarity during the national anthem, um, like we've seen with um, in in the US with um, with with, with taking black, a knee. Uh, yeah, taking a knee with black players taking a knee, uh, putting raising their fists, all these kind of things. I highly doubt they'll do that. 
They might not sing the national anthem. That's probably the the biggest extent that they'll go. But we'll see. You know, I think um, it's uh, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a roller coaster for sure. So Arya, tell us about Sardar Asmun, who just got named to the team a few days ago. I know that he had a calf injury uh, in, in October. Twenty-seven-year-old plays for Bayer Leverkusen. With all mm. due respect to Mehdi Tarami, he I think Asmun maybe is a little bit more dangerous. Though I, I really love Tarami. I think he's been fantastic for Porto and, and especially yeah. picks up his game in the Champions League in particular. Yeah. Both of those guys on the same team at the same time it does give Kirosh and, and Iran uh, legitimate threats going forward. But he has been critical of what's been happening with the government and these and these demonstrations being in support of the protests. And he now he's part of the team. What do you think that means? I, I in some ways, I guess I'm trying to get to because sometimes when a, a team does well in these types of events, it 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 emboldens the whole country. Everybody comes together to support the team. And I wonder if they think, hey, if we can get to the round of 16 for the first time in our history, mm. that will be enough to just potentially galvanize and get everybody together and try to find a solution to help progress some of the issues that people are fighting for. Or maybe do you think that there has to be an additional issue? I, I think this is a distraction for the team. I just wonder if it's going to be a distraction they turn into a positive or if it's going to be something that holds them back. Well, well Sadar Osmond has definitely been the most vocal out of all the players in this team. He did have a, he, had, he had an injury uh, leading up to the World Cup. He is fit now. He has been training with the team. Uh, he missed our last game against Tunisia. I think he'll be fine for the England game. He might not start, yeah, but uh, I think Tarami has shown from a, from a from an international, I mean, continentally in the in Champions League, he's been fantastic. He's playing really well. So I think he he's going to be our, our kind of go-to guy in terms of creativity and scoring goals. But Osman, of course, is, is our is our target man, is our striker. So he's going to be very important in the in the World Cup for sure. Um, but I think overall, um, Osmond's, uh, you know, vo vo being vocal and all these kind of things, he's um, he's always been a bit of a rebel anyway. He's always been one of those guys who doesn't listen to authority, doesn't take in uh, people's, uh, you know, uh, what, telling people telling him what to do. So I think, again, uh, you know, I'm looking I'm looking for this team to to perform well. Of course, whether that's going to mean that going forward it's going to be beneficial for the country i mean again as i said people in iran are not really worried about football just now so i don't know how much although getting to the second round is a massive achievement for the national team how much that's going to mean for the people of the country honestly i, I would be very i don't think that's going to mean much for them I mean, if i'm being honest with you i just don't think it's going to mean as much as maybe the players would like it to be i just don't think that's going to be the case interesting interesting well we'll obviously keep our eyes on it we play you last in the group on november 29th so we'll see where everybody stands and what we're fighting just wear out england that particular wear, wear out. yeah just wear out <laughs> england's and we'll wear out wales for <laughs> you beat them up. friends in the last one listen we both we yeah. both walk into that last game on six points and then we're just cruising about who gets first and who gets second and then we can just be friends for the rest Arya, we appreciate your time thank you so much for coming on yeah again everybody follow gold base on g-o-l-b-e-z-a-n on the Twitters to get all your information about the Iranian national team. Fantastic information all the way around. And the heart and soul of all that is Arya. Thank you, Arya, and good luck against England. Guys, Appreciate thanks so you, much. And, and all the best in the World Cup. But I just want to say, you know, I, I really hope Iran do, do win all the games. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Arya, everybody. All right. We got Arya off. And hey. I'm going to talk to him. I have a ton of more questions about Iran. But it's time to bring on James Bench. 
James yeah. Benj is part of the CBS Sports family. He's on a ton of podcasts, the House of Champions in particular. Arsenal fan. And he's going to come on and talk about the English national team who have a plethora of, of, of good players. And so it's just a matter of, can Gareth yeah. Southgate get it right, James Benj? Can he start the right 11? Because if I remember when he led England to the 2018 World Cup, it took a 91st-minute winner from Harry Kane to beat Tunisia. So maybe they struggle. Maybe there's too much pressure on this. For whatever reason, I feel like England's a little bit more relaxed. And, of course, it's great to see you, Benj. How are you doing? It's good to be back, guys. It's good to be back to, to sow the good vibes about England and the bad vibes about the USMNT. Oh, there's no bad is... vibes right now. Hey, uh, I, I, I do want to say before, you know, I, I, give you're, me 11 you're, minutes. A great, you're a great guy, Benj. You're a, good, you're a great guy, but for the next month or so, you're pretty questionable uh, in my book. You know, I just want to say you're pretty questionable. Eight days, isn't it? Until you lot are out of the World Cup. Oh. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I think with England, it maybe has helped that the last few week, months since Euro 2020 have sort of seen expectations trickle down. As you say, Jimmy, the best 11, I think he knows what his best 11 is. I think the problem is maybe that a lot of people don't like the idea of Harry Maguire at left <laughs> centre-back. Uh, I mean, to an extent, John Stones is fine. Um, they don't like the back three. Oh, it looks like... And it may well be that that, that starts against Iran. Um, Did we lose James? No, no he's no, there. He's here. I'm still there. Sorry, it was yeah. me. Yeah, um, yeah, don't like the idea of uh, playing a back three against teams they expect to beat. Um those are the and kind of often think that the team's a bit handbreaky, a bit slow and a bit underwhelming. But it, it wasn't Euro 2020. It was back three. It wasn't always the prettiest. It wasn't the World Cup. It kind of gets results. Um, so I, I'm feeling very optimistic about England. Um, very optimistic indeed. Is it the most optimistic you've been, or is it just sort of being a builder? Because we're we're seeing. And it's not really a golden generation as much as it is a new foundation, what I think is for the future of, of, of kind of the, the reversing of the club over country era in England. But is, is this a peaking moment? Is Because at a certain point, the pressure is going to be on, right? They're so close. They're right there. Is this the one where, where it's sort of uh, kind of do or die? I mean, there's times on their side. It feels a bit like this could be the start of, you know, those early years of the Belgian national team. And suddenly those years go really quickly. Right. But I look at the sort of talent in attacking areas, you know, the the Fodens, the Sackers, players of that, you know, Bellingham in particular. And this doesn't have to be, you know, this doesn't have to be the tournament where it all clicks. I think it could be. I think with a bit of luck in terms of the path, I, I mean, obviously I'm convinced England are going to top the group, but I think then if if the, the, the rest of the path. tour breaks right, it could <laughs> be quite an easy path, especially if Denmark do you a favour against France. So oh, you're just I, building yourself a nice little easy pathway. Yeah, I've, I've got it. I've got yeah. it. Yeah. Right the Senegal's way maybe a walk in the park and France, calling in the favors. You know. Yeah, calling in the favors. Money's out. It's fine. Easy peasy. Yeah, I feel great about it. <laughs> I'm I'm glad you feel great because it set the bars high, the expectations are high. The fans of the U.S. most of them they're optimistic, but I wouldn't say they're confident. For England, all the pressures on England. There's that you get to the World Cup semifinals in 2018. You have a great uh, Euros. Now coming into this one, the experience is there. The results heading into it haven't been there. I'd say, if anything, they've started to dip a little bit. Mm. So, I guess normally you'd say, oh, we're going to use this as as a positivity because we our heads were in the clouds. So now we're we're set back to being a hungry, determined English team to finally bring the cup home. But I would say finishing first in this group 
it's it's going to be a difficult road because I think Senegal, if they do get through and they have Sadio Mane back, that's a different Senegal team. You'd play France after that if they were able to beat Mexico or Poland, whoever would come out of Group C. Not easy. It is not easy. So if England do do well, who is that player that has to be at his best for England to to have the success that you're hoping for? I mean, it, it's it's a bit of a boring and obvious answer, but I think it's probably Harry Kane, isn't it? I, I think that's what makes you optimistic about England. The way they play football is, you know, we'll we'll keep the game to five shots for the opposition, 12 shots for us, but Harry Kane will take three or four of them and therefore we'll probably win. And that's, that is the kind of difference. That's what happened at the World Cup. That's what happened a little bit at the Euros. And it's why, actually, as the tournament went on, England got better because Kane got fitter. He got in the groove. Um, I mean, I think if you want England to be a bit better, if you really want them to take the steps forward, then it becomes about that Rice and Bellingham midfield. You know, when England play good teams, and actually, frankly, even if, they, you know, when they're going to play US and Wales, they're going to need to have a little bit of guile, something that can break down midfielders that can midfields and defenses that can keep the ball for extended periods and keep the pressure while they're doing that. It's not just constantly going backwards to the back three. Rice so, and Bellingham so, can do that. Oh, uh, sorry, Benj. I, I actually wanted to get into just the back four while you're kind of talking about mm. players and lines of the field, because you say a back three, you have, you only have one left back when they'll bench Ben Chilwell, right? So you mm. just have Luke Shaw as an option, which I think, well, I mean, you're, you're riding or dying with him at this point. Yeah. You got you got center backs that not a lot of people are that excited about. You don't have Reese James. I mean, you're missing some key elements back there. Trent Alexander-Arnold's awesome going forward, terrible going def- defensively. Is that a concern for you that that there are some vulnerabilities that that Kyle Walker might not be 100% fit? I don't know. It, it seems like a, a, a concern, and and I wonder about this team. Also, I kind of want you to get your thoughts before uh, Heath asks the next question about who he would start next to Kane. Would it be Saka, Sterling, Foden? Mounts, uh, you know, obviously uh, Grealish. I mean, who, who's mm. your ideal starting eleven? Uh, so I would have Saka and Foden uh, flanking Mount. I think then you get them both in their best positions. And mm-hmm. Sterling has gone off the boil a little bit with the defense. I mean, you're right. I, I think Trippier would probably function as the reserve left back in case of emergency. But I, and as great as he's been, as you know, Jimmy for Newcastle, I'm not excited about moving him across the flank. I'm also mm-hmm. worried about. You know, I was having this conversation with Mike Lahoud on on House of Champions. I think we have to remember that we all say Man United make players look bad. So maybe we need to give um, Harry Maguire a little bit of a break and remember how good he is on the left side of a back three for England when he's had minutes and had a run of games for the national team. So I'm optimistic and I think Walker will be a huge loss. Losing Walker and James, that right flank looks so formidable with them. Ben White, who I think is going to be the one that comes in on the right of the back three, he will be absolutely fine. But like, you know, like we were saying, if anything happens to Shaw, then you might lose Trippier from the right flank and everything becomes a little bit unbalanced, even with Alexander-Arnold. So it's tight. And I think that's the area of the pitch that England are going to need some luck. But um yeah, that's the one spot I'm very nervous about. But I don't see anyone in the group other than Gareth Bale that I'm afraid will will hurt that defence. Well, as we know, Ramey. as we know, Benji, there's 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 no uh, <laughs> big. Did you forget to say Christian Pulisic? Did I, yeah. I didn't hear Pulisic <laughs> yeah, in that? Yeah. that no, yeah. you didn't. No. Actually, Brendan Aronson's good. <laughs> oh, he's saying he's go. good. Oh my goodness! I'm going to throw my microphone right now. Uh, <laughs> right. James Bench, there's no way that the England national team can roll out. Uh, to any big tournament without there being some sort of um, bubbling controversies. So 
there has to be like, what is the press saying? What are what are the fra- uh, uh, like kind of fractures that could exist? What is is there any drama going into this World Cup with this team? It can't just be. It's just not possible that the England national team goes into a World Cup with no drama. Everybody's kind of holding hands, jumping in circles. What yeah. what is what is the speculation or what are the issues? Come on. I mean, obviously you're right, Heath. And I mean, as we kind of had Jack Grealish at Euro 2020 as the the cause celeb, the player that had to be played and that Southgate was wasting. I am certain we're going to get the same about James Madison. If it's a gritty 1-0 or a 0-0 against Iran, people will be saying, where's Madison? Why is he not playing? Especially if it's Madison against the US. Um, And I think that kind of reflects the bigger questions, which are about Southgate and the feeling that he is maybe holding this team back. I don't agree with it. I think he's a great leader for the team and and for the country. You know, this this England national, national team job you know, it's a figurehead kind of like being the king of England. And the next step down is being the manager of the English national team. And I think mm-hmm. he is a source of divisiveness and division where he used to be, you know, as you guys remember, the one that they were serenading with those dreadful chants of football's mm-hmm. coming home and Southgate make us whole again and all that. That, I think, is the, the challenge. Can sounds he kind like of, pressure. He, sounds like pressure. They have all if the he pressure can't in the capture world. that yeah. mood... You've been on Twitter.com. It is a tough place to be after an England game or during an England game, yeah. almost as tough as watching an England game. Mm. Um, so I think that's the real challenge is Southgate has to get the fans back on side because even from afar, they kind of make for this irresistible force um, that can really propel the team, but also it can it can make it hellish for England players. Where, where will you be watching the games? From behind my sofa. You're, you're not going anywhere <laughs> to watch these games. You're, not, you, you're focused laser focused i mean also working (laughs) (laughs) but uh, i i mean i feel like you know for english people there is an awful lot of stress i mean not least because every time i've come on this podcast i predicted they beat the us three nil anytime i talk to that person yeah i do honestly i think the us are the team i'm gonna come on the show twice benj and disrespect (laughs) us like this I just there's not a there's not if a you, player it, in that it's squad. It's gonna hurt if me. it goes the opposite way. That's oh, all it, I'm saying. and you have to get me on the pod if I. Uh, oh, well, we will. Oh, we will. Oh, don't worry. We'll have oh, you we on will. speed dial. <laughs> dialing, <laughs> drunk dialing, whatever we need to do, Bench, to get you on. <laughs> it's going uh, to be amazing. Well, James Bench, we appreciate you so much. Thank you again for your time. I don't think it's going to be three zero England. We're hoping it's the opposite result. Uh, keep up the good work on CBSSports.com. Drop him a follow on the Twitters as well, James Bench and. Make sure you listen to House of Champions, the podcast, because he's got all the good stuff. What a guy. James Benj, everybody. Coming on our show and and just spreading lies about how England's going to beat us (laughs) 3-0. What a lovely, lovely chap he is. All right, we're going to take our first and only break of In Soccer We Trust. When we come back, we're going to do an overall Group B preview, so do not go anywhere. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash CBS Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. 
Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. Time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Welcome back to Red Soccer We Dressed. I'm Jimmy Conrad alongside Charlie Davies and Heath Pierce. And we are very excited because we are inching ever so close to the start of the World Cup. We got Qatar and Ecuador going first. Some breaking news did come. Sadio Mane is out for the World Cup. He's going to have to get some surgery. So I think that impacts Group A quite a bit, especially for his country, Senegal. Obviously heartbreaking for him to not be able to represent his country at the highest level after winning the African Cup of Nations and the African Player of the Year and basically being the guy for Senegal. So I'm curious to see how they're going to recover. Obviously, they've probably been planning since he got hurt with Bayern that uh, they might need to have a different set of attacks. But I think it could be really low-scoring affairs. With Don't them. come at Jim. Janae. He's on the show Wait, from Qatar, Also, man. we can't be giving free free advertising to American Auto Transport LLC if you're watching. Yeah, YouTube. somebody's coming at me. Jimmy looks like he needs more. I do. I, I've slept three hours in the last 36 and I'm just trying to adjust to the time change. I'm 11 hours from California time where I'm based. And uh, you're grinding. Yeah, I'm feeling it. But, you know, I'm Come feeling on, great. I'm high Support on life, everybody. Jimmy. It's It's been fantastic. And uh, and and I absolutely love it. He's so so let's right talk now. about like, what's up. What's up, Chuck? I said you're in a dorm room. Like, give you yeah, some support. You know what I mean? You know what? What's funny is that. I was supposed to. Uh, you should have packed a few crests, Jimmy, because you didn't pack any crests. I didn't uh, pack enough crests. <laughs> I should. I, my my toothpaste is crest as well, so I'm like all in on crest right now. But but I was supposed to initially stay uh, on the on the kind of the south bay of of Doha, and sure. um, I'm actually in the now we're in the the hotel where kind of everybody is, and um, okay. I got I had to have a roommate though. And that roommate is none other than uh, U.S. men's national team player, Sasha Kleschen. <laughs> he's is right he behind there? here, actually. I tried to turn it this way so I could be yelling uh, away from you, him. He's, he, are you, he's are dead you asleep it? right now. He took some melatonin and he's out. He's okay. out. Okay. Wow. But we'll, I, get, we'll, get him on, we'll get him on at some point. He's going to, yeah. whether he wants to be on or not, he's going to come on the, the show and talk to Man, us. Man, they're, they're Honestly, really putting you, putting you through it, huh? Roommates. Yeah, you know what? Where, I mean, essentially, it's a dorm room is where I was trying to go with this. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I did. I didn't like that. Was that just did that happen when you arrived after not sleeping for like a whole day? And they're like, "Hey, by the way, uh, <laughs> but hey, by the way, you, you <laughs> yeah. and Sasha question. You know what? We were. You we have were a host family. Back. You have a host <laughs> family. <laughs> you have sliding, sliding doors. Yeah. You have. Sheets. You know what? It's fire yeah. festival over here. Okay. Yeah. All right. Just get off my back. But uh, I'm looking forward to being in the streets. I'm trying to find a, a trash can for tomorrow night's show yeah. where we get a big review <laughs> about whales. Don't you worry. I'm I'm working for it. It's very clean here. Um, and hot uh, during the day. Anyway, let's talk about Group B. And I just want to get you guys' thoughts. We've obviously been talking about this for many months since the draw came out. We knew who our opponents were. Uh, Charlie, I'll come to you first. Mm-hmm. You seem very positive in this particular episode of In Soccer We Trust. Uh, I think I you do. and I are both noting how, how positive you are. That's, that's nice. 
Uh, usually, I guess yeah, you said you, your you did say England was going to give us a little beating, you know. Yeah, uh, I remember him saying point. that. It's, I, I it's, we got, say maybe beating. not those words, got, but I interpreted it. Don't, don't put words in my mouth here. <laughs> I interpreted it as a beating. You know what I mean? Like yeah. uh, I said, we are we are better than Wales and Iran. We are better on paper, mm-hmm. but that on means paper. nothing if if they don't execute, if they don't carry out the tactics. And I think with Tim Ream. Starting against Wales and uh, Gre- uh, Heath Heath Gregory Pierce loved how Greg Berhalter mentioned you know players who are playing against opponents in the championship no, in the a career. year ago a year, year ago last you year. know that's what I'm talking about <laughs> so Tim Ream who's playing every week in the Premier League for a, a Fulham team that's done well this season yeah makes sense to me because he's in he's in form and he's seen these players and Wales don't have real threats in behind other than Daniel James, but it's pretty predictable with the way he plays. You can anticipate that. And I, I, I'm optimistic. I feel good about this group. I think, you know, in talking to a couple of the players, they, they feel the energy, everyone's upbeat and, and I, I'm, I'm with them. I'm riding with them. Okay. Okay. Now, is there anything that you've seen from any of the other countries that we're playing? We got Wales first, England second, Mm -hmm. Iran third, that, has made you more confident, less confident, Chuck? I'll come back to you on this, and then, yes. and then we'll, I want to hear from you. I'm, yeah, what, what, do you, what do you got? I think with Wales, it's going to be very predictable. They're going to try and win the game on off of dead balls. I think that plus the counterattack and transition sometimes, but ultimately off, off of dead balls. Defensively, super strong. We are so much better in the midfield than their midfield. Pound for pound, we are better. It's going to be one in the midfield. If we can control transition and tempo, we beat we beat Wales. So I'm confident that our midfield okay. gets the job okay. done. Do, do you think, Heath, I'll go, go to you now. I, I'm still pissed at Japan for laying the, the blueprint for kind of how to slow down our attack and, and to stifle I don't think the, so. I don't the think midfield that, I, that Charlie's I, I, talking about. Yeah, but like I, I, I think that was – I if anything, I think that – Well, I think, it was, I think it was Greg's attempt to look and say, hey, we're not in qualifying anymore. So the the the, the – implications are different of trying to play out of the back in Honduras, right? Um, right. In, in a game that you, that you need. Uh, and, and we needed to be able to see, can this team actually play different? I don't think Greg actually knew, can we play with some risk? Can we play a little more open? We have, the tech, we have some of the most technical players that this national team's ever had. Can we play through these things? And I think we, we, we were able to see under pressure, under a high press, right? If we decide we're going to come out, we're going to play out of goal kicks and things like that. And somebody goes, you know what? Let's collapse on everything or let's bait and collapse. Let's have a really good trigger where we can press really well. Our team needs to be able to snap out of that and go, okay, it's not working. And that seemed more like an exercise uh, and recognition that we don't have that than, than a way in which I think we're going to play. But I do, I do like the idea, Jimmy, if, if some, some team's going to now come and over, overexpose themselves on us or, or overcommit, yeah, maybe we I do uh, play a little bit of that game of, of in behind them and have, have a little bit of a different look at them. Now, it's easier. It's easy for me to say that, but we know in real time when you face two, three, four waves, a team can quickly you know, like kind of you know put their foot on your throat, and you start going like, "Man, it's going to be tough to get out of this for a while." So I'm painting a very pretty picture of what it could be, but I don't mind the Japan thing, though. I do think it showed up, showed maybe some teams that well, yeah, if, if we well, we could argue that's what yeah. if we had not played that poorly against Japan, then maybe Tim Ream isn't in the team, right? Because it was clear that we needed a. A ball but playing center back. Wouldn't we be more predictable if we had just approached it the way that we've approached the last 20 games? Um, you know, uh, 
in, in the case that I think we've ruled this out, so we're probably pretty predictable as it is. But having a few ways in which we can approach a team, I don't think we had, unless either of you guys thought we had a few ways to, you know, our big wins and big tournaments were, were grind and fight they, and discipline. They weren't necessarily a, a, a system of play that got us that. All, all, all of our big wins were, were grinds. But I will say, especially Nations League final and Gold Cup final against Mexico. But the Set results... Set-piece goals, though, Chuck. Set-piece yes. goals. Which is fine. We, well, I we know, talk. but we haven't been scoring those lately. I, I don't mind. Whatever. Goals are goals. But but we, yes. we, that's a usually a positive for us, and it but hasn't not, been a net positive Not, for not the like. Mexico game at home in World Cup qualifying. And I would say our best performance as a group was the Mexico game away at Azteca. Agreed. And in a 0-0 draw, which we had the better chance where we should have mm -hmm. came out with the victory, but guys didn't finish when they had that opportunity. That, to me, was about tactics and breaking down a team who likes to to, to be on the ball and, and figuring out ways to do that. We were, we were at our best for those, those moments in the game. So I, I'm, that's why I think this team has what it takes. I'm glad they got a whooping from Japan. I'm glad the game against Saudi Arabia was poor too for, for two games to get this, get Greg Berhalter to start thinking a certain way, but also the team to say, Hey, yeah. yes, you might've qualified for the world cup and everyone's on the high and great back to square one. This mm -hmm. you have to play as a unit. It's not about individuals, and they didn't have some players, um, yeah, of course, for, available for those games. The so, key ones: Yunus Musa, yeah. Anthony Robinson, mm -hmm. and in particular, and Timo Weah. So let's, and Timo let's Weah. do this. Yeah, no, it's going to be interesting to see. And and uh, I mentioned this on uh, HQ before we did this show that if you win the first game in the World Cup group stages you have over 80% chance of getting into the knockout rounds. If you lose that first game, it, it drops down to right around 10% for you to get out of your group. So this Wales game, when you look at it through that lens, is incredibly important. Not that we didn't think it wasn't important, but but man, those that's those that difference is quite that's staggering. A big, then, that's a big number. It's staggering. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, Jimmy, uh, uh, your experience in 2006, I mean, what was it like having to climb out of an opening game, like having to well, get, you know. Yeah, I, well, very similar. We had our own hype going into it, and I'm glad we had Landon Donovan on this week because he referenced the 2006 World Cup and how 2002 he was playing carefree, 2006 he was feeling the pressure, the expectations. And I think that kind of wasn't just isolated to him. I think probably Demarcus Beasley was feeling it too because he was care carefree and a little bit younger in 2002. And, and now we, we, we not so we had everything to lose, but we didn't have as much to gain because everybody thought we were going to build upon that quarterfinal finish we had in 2002. And, and um, when we got slapped around by Czech Republic in down 2-0 at half, and they were excellent. I've talked about them before. One of the best national team performances I've ever seen up close and personal. After that game, Bruce Arena did something he never does. And he threw individual players under the bus. And he named Landon and DeMarcus. And it was so bad. And I think he felt so bad about it. I didn't know because, you know, I'm not in the press conference. We're just, we're just going through the mix zone and, you know, feeling sorry for ourselves in the bus. And then we get back and we have a special team meeting right after we land. And he brings us all in and he apologizes to, to Landon and bees for, for those comments. And it just felt like something we're not, we're not settled. This just doesn't feel right. And we needed a response to kind of get everybody back on board, not only the players, but the fans and you know, everybody supporting us. And that one, one result against Italy gave us a chance in that last game against Ghana and the fine margins didn't go our way in that particular one. But, but after we lost that first game, you knew it was an uphill battle and it, you could feel that the momentum was in everybody else's favor in that, in that particular instance. And in Italy beat Ghana, I believe in, in their first game. So 
when you have teams with already three points and you're looking up and those are two very good teams. If Czech Republic hadn't lost Jan Kohler, the big six, seven foot guy, that, six, eight, that used to play for Borussia Dortmund after 20 minutes in ours, I think they go on to get out of the group and it would have made it even harder for us. But it was, uh, it, it's heartbreaking because all the preparation that goes into it. And in this particular World Cup, which I find interesting, is that we have eight years of buildup, right? You have the anger of not qualifying for 18 now bottled up in us, even though these players didn't participate and only DeAndre Yedlin's the only player that's going to be the carryover. But that's why, by the way, Jimmy, this... on, on that, that's why I think Go the ahead. pressure's off for these guys. Because think? the first pressure yes, was, was I, to I form agree. their own group, form their own bond, get to, get to the World Cup. The pressure was on qualifying. Right. Yeah. I don't yeah, think the pressure fair, was on anything fair. else. Now I think okay. this might be, and, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm really hedging here, but like this might be the time when this team plays wide open because what's the expectation. It's not like yeah, we're, oh, we're not, we're not ranked too high. We're not, we're like, right. we're coming in sort of like as a beaten and battered inexperienced, like almost underdog status. Also a little bit of this freedom. I'm hoping these players tap into and just play with some of the swag. We see these guys play with at the club level um, as opposed to uh, the pressures of what I think, the, the timidness that we saw from World Cup matches. I mean, what and they, they got, and they got the, smacked in the last two games, so that probably helps. That's them. true. That's true. Yeah, there's there's quite a few things that they're trying to overcome. Some are micro, some are macro. Yeah. But they just really need to have the swag that Charlie has on a daily basis. Because if they have that and don't play timid, then I give themselves, or they're going to give themselves a good chance. Oh. I do agree with you ultimately that qualifying was kind of the goal to get that those 2018 shackles off. But I wonder if this team, to your point about being carefree, carefree Heath and Charlie, I want you to chime in on this. Now, obviously, the expectations for this group for 2026 are going to be insane and much different than how they're walking into this particular tournament. So maybe this is the time to be free because that 2026 one is going to be a different beast altogether. I, I want to know if the U.S. do well in this game against Wales, this initial first first game, who who is the player? We're winning the that, World Cup. That allows them to have <laughs> the most success. Hmm. Um. Keith, Charlie, ask that question again. If the U.S. are to have a great result, a, a, a three points, a win in that first game against Wales, mm -hmm. who is the player that is central to that success? Who's the most important player in the match against Wales? Weirdly, and maybe this is the wrong way because I feel like we're stacked the most with it with attacking quality in our national team. But I, I still want to go with Matt Turner or a center back having to have the the biggest game in terms of. Knowing when to hold the ball, when to pass the ball, when to love. But against the ball. Wales, you think that that's I, I I still think it's I still think it's Turner that's gonna have to make the big play. I mean, I, I I don't see our national team going and you know, in a way that Iran would where they're gonna sit really deep, or in a way that England can where they can play a little more exposed because they've just got high quality players, even though we we criticize their 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 back four. I think the US is going to have to make play after play. Um, and we haven't seen a cohesive unit been built out of this. Now we have Raymond and 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 Jedi play together but reem and robinson uh reem and, and zimmerman um zimmerman. Is, is zimmerman, zimmerman uh haven't had a a, a connect connection point we had landon donovan on and he we didn't even say the right back that we would have said right when, when we when we said Sergio destin he said deandre yedlin because of the defensive liabilities like we it's it's a good problem to have but but a problem nonetheless that i think that we're gonna have to make some big defensive plays um and i don't know what do you think charlie uh um, um for me for me it's tyler adams because okay. yeah. in this match, we're talking about the midfield and the midfield because Serginho Dust is going to bomb forward. Anthony Robbins is going to be bomb forward. Tyler Adams is responsible for covering those spaces, typically. 
and he's supposed, supposed to protect the back four. Second balls are going to be super important in this match. Setting the tone. I think Tyler Adams being able to win the ball, start transition, start those attacks, but also defensive cover. If he's disciplined and at his best, I think we win the game. And I think for me, that's why he's the most important player on the pitch uh, against Wales. Yeah, we're going to break down this Wales game in more detail tomorrow, but I will jump in and say that I hope that the Wales goalkeeper does a Rob Green and helps uh, push a ball into the net so we can get a result uh, against the Welsh and, and give us the three points. You need a little luck, I think, and you obviously create your own luck in, in a lot of different ways. So I just hope we play on the front foot and uh, don't absorb, sit back too much. I'm, I'm Obviously, we'll get into the weeds a little bit more tomorrow because there's a lot to break down as it pertains to this Welsh team and the fact that they have a substitute as their captain. I mean, the guy doesn't even start for his club team, and he's the captain of the Wales national team. I mean, what are you going to do about that? You know. So, all right, let's pivot a little bit into this news that I think we have to discuss. Paxton Aronson, it's official, is leaving the Philadelphia Union and joining Eintracht Frankfurt. So now that we have an Aronson at Leeds and an Aronson in the Bundesliga, I'm just kind of hoping that the Aronson parents keep popping out the kids, man, because they're clearly got a factory going. I don't know if anybody else agrees with that. But I, I might, might be a bit maybe, late. Maybe too late. Maybe too late. Well, I, I was going to say it's a bit too early to, to mention that. We're talking about the World <laughs> Cup. You're going to bring in Paxton Aronson? To be fair. No, you got to say bring him Paxton in. Paxton Aronson saying, like, going to Frankfurt, I think, is a big thing because speaking about the developmental models, he was a player that was underutilized all season long by the Philadelphia Union. And he was a player that took the matters into his own hands and said, I want to leave. I know Philadelphia Union develops players, but Jim Curtin went for the trophy this year. And even at times when they were up four or five nil, they weren't playing the young guys, right? And I don't think they wanted to lose him. I don't think he wanted to go, but to, to be able to now be at, at that point where he wasn't playing and he can get a move that's going to be, I don't know, three, $4 million with a bunch of upsides, I think is a huge thing for, mm -hmm. for, our, for our development. Just obviously a little bit short of getting him into the national team because he hasn't even been a consistent starter uh, yet at the club level. So I hope that leap isn't too big. Um, and I'm, yeah, I'm, I, I know. Do you think we're, he's, we're, you think he's trading on the, the family name a little bit because Brennan obviously got shot out of a cannon once he <laughs> oh, hit yeah. the A hundred percent. You guys, he brothers, doesn't get that move. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't get that move if 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 Brennan doesn't have. Success. I don't know. You watch Paxton at the U twenties, and you can see you can see what what's going on with him. Heath, um, a U twenty national team. Let's be real though. He's not getting a move to Frankfurt in the Bundesliga if Brennan Aronson has has not had the success that he's had. Because pa if Paxton was playing for the Union and and playing every game. At that level, given the success he had at the under twenty world, uh, under twenty qualifiers, you'd say, okay, that makes sense. But he's not playing in the first team, so how can you go from not playing in the first team in MLS and go to Frankfurt, a top team in the Bundesliga? There's no way that happens if Brendan Aronson doesn't perform well. And so it, that's I'm I'm glad he's making the move because he he does have potential and he is skilled, but it's not going to be an easy transition because we saw in MLS Cup final. He struggled coming in as a substitute. Yes, it's difficult. Uh, it's a you difficult. Pro it's a difficult I'm proposition to come into a MLS Cup final uh, against LAFC, but he 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 wasn't ready. Physically, I thought he was he busy. Ready. I thought he was busy. Yeah, listen, busy. listen. All I'll say is that on the goal on the throw-in that led to Gareth Bale's goal, Paxton Aronson gets beat on a like he should defend infinitely better on a throw-in. And then they they allow a cross from Cifuentes that shouldn't or whoever it should should never have gotten across because they couldn't defend a throw in with what 
two minutes left before they were going to win their first ever MLS Cup. Like, it's, mm-hmm. for me, it's unforgivable. Um, but hopefully, he learns from it and goes <laughs> to Eintracht Frankfurt. And, and guy, Eintracht Frankfurt also guy's an attacking the reigning, midfielder. I don't care, dude. You got to make a play. You got to recognize the situation and make I a mean, play. That's okay? you're, 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 don't, don't, trigger me. don't trigger me on situational so, and spatial exactly. awareness. You know, yeah. I get up. You play. know, Heath. Don't. Yeah. Just because you're a striker. I'm not. Or, I'm or not. Ex- I'm not. Play, ex- dude. Make a play. Come on. Yeah, but I'm. I'm not make excusing it. But I'm just saying, like, come on. <laughs> You know? like, okay. You weren't well, saying that on the pitch. He's in the Europa League final with Eintracht, and like he's got to defend, dude. I mean, yeah. that's it's just like seeing out the game. That's all you ask him to do. Listen, I'm being super hard on him. I think he's an incredibly talented player, and I think his he upside is, is incredible. His ceiling is super high. He's more talented than this pinky than I was in my whole body. But 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 in that particular moment, it kind of triggered me that I don't know why he just didn't make the play and kind of see that one out. It's a goddamn throw in. Anyway, uh, I'm excited for him. I'm excited for the Philadelphia Union. They continue to be one of the best academies and obvious teams in MLS, and I think that's going to continue for a while because they seem to be doing all the right things and investing the money in the right way. So long may that continue. All right, before we call it a show on this one, we want to give a shout-out again to Arya and James for coming on and giving us a temperature check on Iran and England, respectively. They both seem – I don't know. Arya seems like there might be a distraction there for Iran. By the time they play their third game, I think it's going to be pretty clear as to what they need to do in that one. I think their focus will be different for us when we roll up to that game on November 29th. Uh, as for England's clear that James Benj is carrying that stereotypical English arrogance. And uh, I have plenty of time for oh, it because that means so we can play arrogant. carefree and get after it. He's got everything to lose. We've got everything to gain. All right, final thought question. Mm. And Heath, I'm actually going to come to you first because I want Charlie to respond. And I'll go, I'll go next. Um, and then Charlie can, can, can tie it Here all in a nice little who would be the player on the U.S. men's national team to bust out the stanky leg if they scored? In 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 somewhat of a homage to Charlie Chuck Wagon Davies. Hmm. Is there, think, is there any stanky leg? I'm trying to think. I mean, as an homage, I'm trying to think who Charlie's closest friend is on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know he's in the. I know he's in those WhatsApp chats with those guys and stuff. You know, Zach Steffen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How about uh, how about just who, which player is going to have the 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 best celebration? Mm-hmm. Okay. A, a memorable uh, celebration. I mean, I would guess. Well, I mean, I guess Pulisic would be mine with the gritty. I mean, he's at least kind of a, you know, there's a little bit of, he's looking to do that type of stuff. Was this know? question to, to a little bit. you asking yourself the question or you asking Gregory the question? Well, I, I, I just cut off Gregory so I could go. Jimmy's one of those Gregory. like tabloid journalists, you know, he just wants to push the answer in your face, you know, just gotta, like, <laughs> like, like, like what would you say? Would you say it'd be this guy? Because he would do, no, but I agree with Jimmy. I'm like, I, I, I would say Pulisic just because he's the most, Almost the, the, the most uh, I could see no Weston Weston but I, I know he's got his signature but uh, his signature celebration Ooh, Timo, don't Timo sleep Weah. don't sleep on Anthony Raya. Robinson did do the fake hamstring thing once yeah oh, but yeah. don't, don't me out I, I'm don't to do sleep on Geo okay don't sleep on Geo you think he's got the stanky leg in him I don't think well, he does. all I care is I don't care who scores Timo Weah what does. their celebration is I care about every other player clearing the bench. Every one of our players going nuts. Like I want to see. That's what I want to see is like that that unity of like that first goal mm-hmm. where everybody goes, "Oh my gosh, it's happening!" You know, like a <laughs> yes. little bit like we scored in a World yeah, Cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like that type of feeling, even if it even if it takes us one uh, takes us to one one in a match. That's what I want to see. That that energy and that that sort of, you know, when you watch all the best teams, especially when there's young stars and whatever, the way that they come together around big moments of goals and things like that, you see. It, it, these are building blocks of like, hey, you guys like that feeling? Let's do more of these. Uh, and I think that could be something that takes you, without even knowing it, from being a six or a seven as a team to like another notch or two up where you go, oh, man. And then that energy shifts and, and the belief ch- changes, right? And the pressure maybe comes off a little bit. That's what I want to see. 
Yeah, no, I would love. Thanks to for see coming to my well. show, guys. No, no, it's been great to to no, be no, a guest actually, on your I love, show I today. Love, I love that. Uh, I, I guess if you're going to celebrate and do that, and you want everybody to be involved, you got to run to the corner flag where the guys can can jump off the bench and make that happen. So hopefully they're all thinking the same things. So Charlie, give us you know you as the as the guy that uh, really brought the stanky leg to life for the U.S. men's national team. I mean, you, mm-hmm. you've, you've thrown I, a couple names. Hold on, Greg, Greg Berhalter. Before we go, I will say. If I see one more Charlie Stinky Lake celebration from Charlie on the internet in the next like two weeks, you know, <laughs> I saw, I liked it on Instagram. I did. It was a good, yeah, it was a good I one, did. Charlie. I like the camera it's angles good. that you were doing. Was it, uh, I can't remember who it was for, but you know, no free ads. Um, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But no, I, I, I'm just kidding. I just want to see I like swagger. I just want to see an excitement. Yeah, same, I want to see some goal, goal celebrations, right? Cause that means they're scoring goals. So mm-hmm. um, ultimately you look at, Gio Reyna, Bryn Aronson, Yunus Musa, Christian Pulisic. And I'd love to see some goals from Jesus Ferreira, Haji Wright, Josh Sargent, whoever's Same. playing. Just get that nine. If they can deliver, whoever's playing that position. And I've heard Tim Weah might be a possibility there now. Uh, finally. Don't, give, don't start. Um, I know. I, I don't want to don't push that do. button. But don't whoever's playing button. the nine, if they can deliver, that's going to be the game changer for this team. Because now they have somebody who can finish. And and that'll take them over the top. All right. Well, I hope that happens and we're going to see it. But again, we're going to get into the Wales game more specifically tomorrow. We'll break down all the players, our expected starting lineup. We'll try to, I'll try to get as much news as I can from here in Doha about the uh, what the U.S. Men's National Team is, is looking like. I'll try to put my ear to the ground and see what I can find <laughs> for everybody and uh, also for, the, for Wales as well to see what they're lining up with and what they're going to try to do. So uh, we're going to get after it tomorrow. We appreciate your support today. So on behalf of Producer Des, Producer Alex, Charlie Chuck Wagon Davies, and Hollywood Heath Pierce, this is in Heath We Trust. Charlie's got a blanket. Why is nobody referencing Charlie's blanket? Well, I don't know what I don't even know what it is. It's like he's wearing the Mexican national team over his shoulders. Yeah. It's a green blanket, and I don't oh, know. Oh, it's got a swoosh right on it. That's what he's doing. He's advertising. He's got again. a swoosh. He's hashtag ad. There's no free ads here. I'm, I'm Charlie, in New England. Remember, is, it's cold here. I got it's I got not, the blanket. You know, all right, I'm ready. We're moving over to in Charlie we trust at this point. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening to watching as always. We appreciate your support and we will see you tomorrow. Later. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.